We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Happy New Year. Hello and welcome to The Eurostep, a Blue Wire Network podcast uh, brought to you today by Untuck It. I am Ty Windish. I am here as always, at least on the good ones with Rohan Kadi. And we are here to talk about the last few days in Milwaukee Bucks basketball, which is pretty meh. Uh, the first wave of all-star voting results, which is also pretty meh, except for the NBA's leading vote-getter, of course. And then we're going to go through some trades. This is going to be our first trade season podcast. Nothing has happened yet. We're just recklessly speculating. Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing well. I hope everyone out there had a ha- uh, safe and happy new year, you know. Uh, it looks like the Bucks did. We will talk about that, but yeah, uh, we're we're getting we're in that sort of middle portion of the season where it's sort of like okay, they're rolling, and you know, trade season's coming, so that's going to be exciting. Otherwise, you know, will it? We'll find out. But you know what? It's it's a good season. It's a good season so far. Yeah, it is. I certainly can't complain with the Bucks at thirty-one and five. The most recent two victories came this week. Monday's game against the Bulls. Not really a spectacular outing. I mean, and it was for the Bucks. I mean, not really a, a, you know, a game you want to write home about. I guess the the most important aspects were Giannis and Bledsoe both returning to action and looking good. Uh, Bled had been out for a few weeks. He had the avulsions fracture. Yes, he did. He missed eight games. While. Yeah, update from the uh, dazed and contused season the Bucks are having. At first, it was called a contusion. Then it was the avulsion fracture he was back he looked pretty good in that game and Giannis returned from the sore back that limited him on Christmas 
and then kept him out the weekend back-to-back. This seemed pretty much like business as usual with the Bucks, mostly healthy, although Wes Matthews did sit out that game, I believe. Um, was that was that your takeaway as well, Rohan? Yeah, it was just, it sort of felt like they everything was back to normal. Early stages against the Bulls, it kind of seemed like they were trying to figure out how to, you know, get back together. Because, you know, when you think about it, this, like, the big three haven't played together in a while. Uh, like Giannis, Chris, and Bledsoe, like, because Bledsoe's missed games, and then right before that, Chris Middleton was missing games, so then... I don't know. It's it was been a while. It had been a while, so it seemed like they were taking a little bit to get back into the flow. But it was nice to see Eric Bledsoe back. He he brings a whole new dimension to the offensive game and to the defense. It was, but yeah. But just like for these two games, it does it did seem like business as usual. Yeah. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Like last night's game, Wednesday night's game was just. Pitiful. It seemed like two years ago, Bucks business as usual. <laughs> yeah, just a a, a disjointed. Uh, not an un- uncohesive. What's the what's the word there? It's sure. not uncohesive. In- incohesive. Is it, is it is incohesive a word? I think so. If it's not, it is now. Right. Yeah, it is now an incohesive victory oh, over the Timberwolves. Wrong. I don't know what it is. There's definitely a word. That's we're gonna get comments on this one. I'm, I I do words for a living. This is rough stuff, but I guess this is just our version of the New Year's hangover. The Bucks version was even worse. It took until the very last seconds to finally secure victory against a completely ravaged by injury Timberwolves team that was without, I got to take a deep breath here. Jeff Teague, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I believe Travion, Travion Graham was out as well. Trayvon Graham. So a lot of injuries for the Wolves who sure fought like hell regardless. I mean, they've actually been a little bit better without Wiggins and Towns over this stretch, but I don't know. I, I I tweeted after the game, you know, this this can just be dumped, just dump the game. I, I don't think there was a lot to learn from it, um, but certainly, I mean, nobody got hurt and it was a win, so I guess it couldn't be that bad, right? Yeah, it was, I don't know, it just seemed like they were out of sorts and yeah, probably New Year's hangover, who knows what they were sweating out there, but yeah, it just like Nas Reed was killing them. Like I on, I tweeted this out, I didn't know who that was. Like, I, I knew genuinely of him as like a draft sort of like a, a guy who existed who was young. I genuinely had not heard that name before yesterday, I'm which is, sure probably says more about me. But it was just <laughs> like it, it was it was a bunch of G leaguers out there. He definitely didn't look the way I thought he looked. I remember like I've I've definitely traded rights for him on two K before <laughs> during like an expansion draft or something. Like that's that's the most I knew about Nas Reed. Uh, Gorgie Deng is like good and probably should be playing more. I, I don't, the Timberwolves don't really use him. And of course, Shabazz Napier, one of the, the famed Bucks killers continued to kill the Bucks, but, um, potential trade target more on that probably later. Actually, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Robert Covington didn't have the best game. Uh, but I needed a Chris Middleton who certainly everyone, I had people tweeting at me like, is there some sort of like leak story about Chris being really drunk last night? Because so many people tweeted about him being hungover. I, I don't think there was. Um, I just think he there, had a bad there doesn't game need to be a leak story yeah. for you to know it. <laughs> yeah, that that as well. Um, Giannis was really good though. Uh, hit a nice three late over over Gorgi Jang to uh, put the Bucks up. I forget what the exact score was, but that ended up actually being a crucial play. And again, this game that was so 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 close. Um, Brooke Lopez gets. 
called for a lot of fouls that were actually clean blocks, including one Bud Challenge and didn't get overturned. Just a frustrating game pretty much on all fronts, aside from Giannis. It was really nice to see him have a great game. Mm-hmm. And Robin look. Lopez almost murdered Jared Culver. Oh, yeah. Well, Jared Culver did murder Robin Lopez via dunk, but then Robin Lopez was ready to do the real thing. That sequence was, the I think, probably outside of Giannis's play, my favorite part of that game. Oh, no, for sure. It, it it seemed like a good dunk. Like, obviously, it was a good dunk. But it seemed like Culver just said, what did he say exactly? He said, like, that's me, I think, or something that's like that. That's who I am or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, like, that's who I am. And then it's just like, Robin Lopez is just like, you're a rookie, and I am insane. So <laughs> <laughs> Culver was moving away rapidly. He was running trying, away from Robin Trying Lopez. to get as many big Timberwolves between him and Robin Lopez <laughs> as possible. Uh, Lopez dropped an expletive, sounds kind of like fudge, we won't repeat here on the podcast, and threw somebody out of the way. And somehow Culver ends up the only one teed up by that incident, which... <laughs> It's like, I don't know if that was a makeup call from the Brooke Lopez stuff or what, but that to me is unbelievable and spectacular. It was it was a perfect encapsulation of this game. You just a mess that didn't really make sense. Yep. But a Bucks win. So mm-hmm. I feel like neither of us and probably not really many people listening want us to dive deeper on these games. I mean, the Bulls game was fine, but that's a few days old now and the Bulls aren't exactly great. It was nice to see the Bucks beat them more comfortably mm-hmm. than they had in previous games in the season, but... I agree with your point on the Bucks' big three. If you think about it, it's pretty ridiculous that they've won so many games. I mean, they're on pace to, well, I think Eclipse 70 wins now, 71, right? I think. Something like that, which is in- insanely good. I mean, obviously only a few teams have ever reached that, that mark of wins, but without having all three of their best players for most of the season, I think really speaks to the depth of the team and just how good the system has been working in most of the non-Philly games thus far. Yeah, it's it's great to see. It just shows how insanely talented and good this Bucks team is. That once they they like they can ke- keep winning without their top talent, they just always have that next man up mentality, and they just they keep churning out wins. And once they get everyone back, because we was Matthews back for the Timberwolves game? No, West yeah, again. Yeah, so he, was, he was. Yeah, yeah. so they they've still not been at full strength now for like. I don't know, we, we should probably go and look at some point, but several weeks in a row running now with at least one starter missing time. It's since, like, the Chris Middleton injury. Yeah, it must be. Mm. So it, it's been, like, what, two months now? It's yeah, just, just it's insanity. But they just, they just keep winning, and they keep showing that they are the best team in the league. Insanity, but thanks to Ursanity, Ursan just so spectacular in his fill-in games for Giannis, doing his best Giannis impression. I think he averaged, like, 17 and 10 yeah. in the back Yeah, he almost hit a twenty twenty. In the first game against the uh, the Hawks, that's so ridiculous. I love Ursan, kind of. Um, sorry for sorry for mock trading you away like a dozen times later in this podcast, no, Ursan. Yeah. Um, just it has to be done. That's just how salaries work. But I think a uh, special shout out to Dante Divincenzo, who has been a capable fill in starter. Pretty much anyone smaller than Giannis misses time. It's going to be Dante who gets elevated to the starting lineup. I think that really speaks to how his role can change from more of a ball handler at times to more of a, a more typical wing and, and how good he is defensively. Cause we know, you know, if he wasn't executing defensively, I don't think he'd find these minutes in on a coach bud team. Like I think somebody else would get the nod, but Dante has maintained that spot starter spot. I think that says a lot about his season. 
Yeah, coming into the season, we were thinking Dante's going to have a bigger role. He's maybe going to start to put it together after the brief stuff we saw from him last season. And he's actually sort of lived up to expectations. Uh, he's exceeded season. mine. Yeah. I didn't think he was this good at all. He's lived I mean, up I, to the hype, let's say. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The hype that the Bucks kind of built, because I know the Bucks talked him up a lot. The Bucks were, mm. were right about that one. I'm, I feel confident in saying that. Yeah, like he's been a very capable role player, it's, which is tough for a second-year player, especially when they don't play as much in their first season. And he's he's just been great filling in. He can hit shots. He can make plays, play defense. It's 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 been great. And Absolutely. once again, sorry for mock trading you. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen sometimes. We'll get there very soon. Before we get to our first, and we might do this again. We'll see how, we'll see what the response is. We'll see what, what kind of talks happen as we get farther and farther in a trade season, which is only, you know, like a month and a half from now. It'll be over. So enjoy it while it's here. But uh, the other thing we have to talk about first is the first fan returns for All-Star Voting came out. And just a refresher, in case anyone is wondering, or anyone is worried about cases besides Giannis's, and we'll start off, Giannis did lead all vote-getters with 1,073,000. One oh, no, he was second. No, he was he? second. He, he was, was second. second. Luka Doncic barely beat him out, but they both had 1,073,000 votes. Luka ends up with... Uh, 599 more, which is very, very close. But Giannis getting more votes than LeBron, which is crazy, and more than 400,000 more votes than any other player in the Eastern Conference, which is also crazy. Um, he will certainly be a captain for the Eastern squad again, or I guess it's not called that. It'll just be called Team Giannis. But, so that'll be fun. But what's important to point out is I believe no other Bucks even placed in the voting. That is which, correct is obviously, you know, it's a bummer for Chris Middleton, who I think we both agree is the obvious second all-star here mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Chris was never going to start this game. I, I hate to break that news, but considering the East has Giannis, Pascal Siakam, who's been incredible, and Joel Embiid, who's also been incredible, those three are pretty uh, pretty obviously the three starting forwards, and they were the three who led the conference in votes. Jim Butler was fourth, about 100,000 behind Pascal Siakam, but... The fan vote, one, only goes towards starters. Reserved are picked, reserves are picked by NBA coaches in each conference. So I think Chris Middleton still has a great chance of being represented there. These votes don't really matter to that. And the fan vote is only 50% of the starter selection. The other 25 is split between media ballots. I don't have one. Rohan, do you have one? I do not. Not yet. Not yet yes. is how we're going to talk about that. And 25% is player votes, which are always hysterical and pretty random. So uh, we'll see they what just vote. You can, you can go through the uh, ballots and see who voted from themselves. Tony Allen's was just like <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. We need to get Tony Allen back in the league for one game strictly for another all-star ballot. Well, I guess he's media now. He could just do a media one. But okay. So uh, do you have the, the, the graphic up in front of you? I do. The, so what, let, let's just ping around. What are some highlights for you that you noticed right away? Trey Young leading the guards in the yeah, I thought, th- I thought it was surprising that he was number one. I do think Trey Young's an all-star, but being number one in the East over Kyrie Irving, who has barely played, but still over Kemba Walker, over Derrick Rose, way over Ben Simmons. Uh, and over Trey Lowry. Young over Derrick Rose is fine. No, it's fine, but I just mean like in terms of voting wise, I think it's surprising. Like Trey Young has really yeah, that's yeah, that's I was very confused because it's not like Atlanta's like obviously Atlanta's a big market, but it's not like a glamour market, you know. So it's um it's surprising. There's a, a Trey Young hive out there, and I there think is a that, uh, Young hive. This is confirmation. It's just crazy to see that he's getting as many votes as like Jimmy Butler. 
Yeah, that is that is actually he actually had more votes. Than yeah, Jimmy more Butler, votes than Jimmy Butler, which is pretty wild. Still, like in the second tier of vote getters overall, I would say. I mean, like there's three guys who got at least a million. Anthony Davis just outside of that. Kawhi gets almost seven hundred and fifty thousand. James Harden gets almost seven hundred and fifty thousand. Um, but I think the the first name that jumped out to me was definitely Taco Fall. Oh yeah, <laughs> Taco Fall sixth sixth in the East in All Star votes so far. So it's Giannis, Embiid, Siakam, Jimmy Butler. It's like okay so far. Tatum maybe a little high, but he's probably going to be an All Star. Taco Fall, <laughs> Bam Adebayo, Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond, and Demonis Sabonis. So yeah. Taco Fall with a hundred and ten thousand votes. Uh, Where did this come from? Some of the guys. I I think he's just. It's like a cult classic. I mean, Alex Caruso was eighth for well, West yeah. Guards. <laughs> but I feel like more people know about Alex Caruso being like a basketball player than people know about Taco Fall. Yeah, I think it's very surprising. I honestly, like, I, it, you wouldn't, like, if you told me, like, yesterday, uh, Caruso is going to be eighth in Western Guards. I'd kinda, above like, Devin Booker. You know, above Devin Booker. That part is ridiculous. That part is crazy. I, I, I have Devin Booker on my team so far. I haven't fully finished it, finished it out yet. I think Devin Booker is an all-star. Again, this won't matter that he's not going to start. Like, Luka and Harden are very obviously the two guards who deserve to start this year. Um, Steph being fourth after playing, like, three games is pretty funny. But, yeah, <laughs> Steph um, has played, what, four games? Yeah, something yeah. that he's barely played. But, like, okay, so Caruso being on this list, like, it wouldn't have stunned me. You know, I know that mm. there's this weird L.A. Caruso cult. I see the he memes. plays for the Lakers, so yeah. it's, he's gonna get a lot. Yeah, like, and he was he was there when they were bad, and he's still there. So like, everybody remembers him. So it's like kind of a meme. It's like I don't know, sure, whatever. But I would not have expected Taco Fall to be at a hundred and ten thousand no. above St- Spencer Dinwiddie, who I feel like is very deserving of being an All Star this season, and who plays in New York. Yeah, like I just I don't get it. <laughs> I just. There's, and you would think if Boston fans are going ham, they're going to spam Gordon Hayward, right? Yeah, who was only, he was fourth among yeah. Celtics in votes. Or no, fifth. I forgot about Taco Fall. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, I just don't get it. Like, how does Taco Fall get 35,000 more votes than Gordon Hayward? That if is, you're, if, that is Like, wild. if you're talking a Boston fan. Boston fans. <laughs> yeah, I, I think just, we all know what you're saying there. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we go through? Let's should we go through our our starters for the All Star game so far? I think like sure. eight yeah, out of ten stuff. are very easy, right? Yes. Like you go ahead and do yours. I mean, the West I think is open and shut. Okay, so for uh, the West, I'm going uh, Luca and Harden. Yep. Um, uh, LeBron, AD, and Kawhi. Yeah, I think the voters nailed it. That's those are the the five leading the votes in their categories. I think that's absolutely just. I don't know who else would even really have a case. You really I mean, can't. Like, like, if, I mean, Jokic showed up and, like, didn't care for the first month or so, and, like, they're still, the Nuggets are still going to be really good, but. He's just so, starting like, to care now, so. It's yeah, just, like, it's he's out, like, Towns has been hurt, and they, like, his team fell off. And he's uh, not been as good as AD or LeBron. No. Or Kawhi. And, like, and Paul George has, Paul George might have a case over his own teammate, but he has just played so much less even than Kawhi has played. Yeah, but I, I, I would st- I would still to. pick, if I had to pick one person from the Clippers, it would be Kawhi. Yeah, I would as well. And then for the guards, like Lillard, I feel like is like very good this year. And like Donovan Mitchell's taking a leap. He's at like 23 points a game and his efficiency's back up a bit. But 
I just there, there's levels like Dawson yeah, Luca and, and Hard, Harden, uh, Luca and Harden are on a completely different level than everyone else in the West in terms yeah. of guards. It's they are playing out of their minds, and it's yeah, it's it's those two. There's it's, no it's other correct those. answer. And then right, let's who do you have for the East? So like the front court, I already said. I'm guessing you're gonna agree with my front court picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giannis and Embiid and Taco Fall. Yeah, exactly. Giannis and Embiid and Taco Fall. Is, is Taco Fall? I think he's a two way player. I believe I think. so. So this must be, I'm going to look that up, but this must be the highest two-way player has ever. It, the first time a two-way player has ever been rated, even, for All-Star, but that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, but what, what about the guards? The guards, I think, are a lot more interesting. Uh, that's. I would put Trey Young and Kyle Lowry. So I'm close to that. I don't have Trey starting. I think his team's a little bit too bad. I think he's got to be an All-Star with the numbers he's putting Ooh, up. Oh, actually, no, I don't... Yeah, actually, I changed that. I'm going to put uh, Kemba and Lowry. So I have a different Boston guard. Ooh. I have Kyle Lowry and Jalen Brown, who I think has been a bit better than, than Kemba Walker. I think Kemba is probably the guy who would get in out of Boston because he's more recognizable. Everybody loves Kemba. I think he's he's you know a terrific guy or whatever. But I just think, like, and I know All-Star doesn't really care, but, like, defensively and efficiency-wise, Jalen Brown has been quite a bit better. So I would go with Jalen Brown there personally. But I, I could see the case for Trey Young or for Kemba. Yeah. I mean, it's it's more of a toss-up because like, I feel like all the Boston guys are playing on a similar level. I just like Kemba yeah. more. Yeah, see, that's fair. Yeah. but, but I think Ka- And be Kyle Lowry's just been incredible. Yeah, he has. He's played less, but uh, his numbers are really, really good, and, and he has a profound impact on that team. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Lowry, but I don't know. It, it's tough. The guards in the East are really underwhelming. It really, especially with Kyrie missing up so much time. Yeah. Like he's probably, he might end up starting because of the fan vote. If he, well, if he doesn't play, I don't know how that works. I was actually, I tweeted that at Frank Madden. Cause we were kind of talking about that. I don't, I can't remember a starter, not like being able to play. I don't know what happens. At least it hasn't happened. I think since I think, this format change, I think a uh, reserve gets elevated to the starting lineup. Like just the next highest I vote think so. getter across all mm-hmm. votes. Oh, that, that's interesting. And then the commissioner picks a new reserve. Yeah, the commissioner always picks reserves. But he, like with Russell, he just went with the next vote getter, right? Mm. Okay, so that's like he ne- he went with the next uh, like highest coaches pick. Oh, is that because oh, coaches pick the okay. reserves? So gotcha, like the gotcha, next gotcha. highest vote getter from the coaches that was okay. D'Angelo Russell last year. Oh, I didn't know that. That's neat. Okay. So, yeah, the, the East Guards is kind of a mess. I think the most interesting thing for me out of all of this, honestly, is that Ben Simmons isn't higher. Eh. Uh, and I get it. He hasn't had a good season. But uh, you just figure, like, on a team, I mean, I guess their record isn't good and they've lost a lot in a row. Did I want an excuse to talk about how bad Philly's been recently? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just it's weird to me. like, And, and not just, like, I shouldn't say, like, his his result here as sixth among Eastern Guards is interesting to me. I think it's more interesting just that his season has unfolded as such in a way where he's like comfortably like outside of the top few vote getters. Like it's, I, I, I obviously the fit isn't ideal. Like I knew that going in, that was my reason to not like Philly this year. But I don't know. I just I didn't expect this like fourteen point per game outing of a year so far for Ben Simmons. It's very strange. Hmm. I'm saying I'm not even sure if he's an all star. He might not end up being one. Uh, it's weird. There's going to be like at least three Celtics that get in because uh, they're all just very good. Um, I think two Bucks are going to be comfortably in. I think two mm-hmm. Raptors probably are in. Yep. Miami probably gets two guys. The forward yeah, they, spots get they really get Jimmy crowded. and Bam. The four. Ah, 
See, I, I thought that as well. The forward spots get crowded. And well, they at least get Sabonis. Jimmy. Jimmy for sure, yeah. Yeah. I think Sabonis might end up getting in over Brogdon or over a different forward. Which is, it's completely deserved. Sabonis has had an incredible season. He deserves to be an all-star. Yeah, he's missed less time. But anyway, we don't have to do the whole all-star thing right now. We can look at it later. Um, we're going to get to our, our trades that I've been talking up here very, very soon. But first, let's talk about something less exciting. An untucked button-down. Those usually look bad. Do you know why, Rohan? Why is that? They weren't meant to be worn that way. Come on, man. But thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. That's a lot of stores. And they have a lot of fit options, too. Different patterns, all sorts of things. You will find something that looks good on you. The consensus will be... You're just, you're styling, you're looking good. So whether you're doing belated holiday shopping, we all end up in those situations. We get it, no judgment. Or you're just trying to create a smart, relaxed style of your own. Untuck it is the way to go. Uh, I just got distracted by news. The Nets are waving David Nwaba, but it's because he's out for the season with an Achilles. Uh, so there's your news in the middle of the Untuck It read. But uh, visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUEBLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Uh, I, I like. I feel like we don't really probably need to talk about David Nwaba. Uh, tough year for the Nets. I, I did injuries, get distracted so. by that as well. Yeah, it's, I always get the buzz, and I'm like, oh, shams. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get to trades, Rohan. We yeah, can, let's do it. The mo- I, to this part. Fake trades, I will preface this by saying that I'm not very good at fake trades, but I enjoy them, and I try. I, so I, I deserve all of the backlash that I'm going to get for these, <laughs> but I'm just saying that ahead of time. Well, I think to preface this, a lot of them are going to sound the same on the Bucks end of the deal. And that's just unavoidable. Like, if the Bucks made a major trade, there's a few guys that almost have to be involved that do have to be involved just because of, like, salary constraints. So, like, well, let's assume, let's set some parameters here. I think both of us agree. Like, Giannis clearly is not getting traded no matter what. Yes. It's just not happening. No. Um, I think George Hill has more value to the Bucks than to pretty much any team. So I doubt he's going to be included in mm-hmm. any deal. Yep. Uh, and then I don't think, I think the deal would have to be just unimaginably wild for Chris Middleton to be on the table as yep. well. Mm-hmm. I, so think, I with, think that's pretty fair. So without those three guys, and I, I, I think the same for George Hill applies to Brooke Lopez. Like I think Brooke Lopez, yeah, Brooke is, not Lopez is not getting traded. So then there's only two guys who make any sort of money who are going to be involved in any reasonable deal. That's Eric Bledsoe and Ersan Ilyasova. And there's a lot of people who would tell you they shouldn't be, they should be off limits too because of how good the Bucks are. If that's your opinion, that's fine. Nothing against you. The Bucks are really good. There's no doubt. They are. They are really good, but complacency can kill you in the NBA. So we are going to look at some fake trades. We've each got three realistic and three ridiculous trades. I say let's get through the realistic ones first and then get to the fun ones. So uh, let's just go back and forth. We each brought three of each. Uh, We will discuss them now. Hopefully we don't have too many repeats. Mm -hmm. Rohan, what is your first realistic trade? Uh, My first realistic trade is uh, sending more second round picks to the Bayou. So we are getting, Mm. uh, well, that's just one aspect of it. I don't know why I led with that. Whatever. (laughs) We are getting, uh, like the Bucks will be acquiring J.J. Redick and Josh Hart for Urson, Dante, 
Pat, Dragon Bender, and some future second round picks. Oh wow. I don't know how I feel about this trade. I don't think I like it. Okay, tell me why. Ex- explain. Well, I, I don't know. See, Dante has played in such a way where I don't want to give him up unless you really have to. I don't know if I love the return enough there. And I feel like Redick and Corver, and I, I know Redick is better than Corver, but it's like the Spider-Man meme with like one of the Spider-Men just being older. I don't know. Yeah, well, with you, when you get J.J. Redick and Josh Hart, you're, you're upgrading your depth. And even though you're getting rid of Dante, which would be very, very depressing, you are getting another young piece in Josh Hart, who still has untapped potential and is cost-controlled for the next couple years. So it's not That's like you're true. completely losing all the value you get from Dante. Yeah, are you uh, are you starting Redick over over West, or just kind of using him as a bench piece in this? In yeah, this world? it would sort of you could vary based on matchup because that with West you get um like, the reason I wanted to uh, get this is because you're you're not having to trade West because you're also keeping his defense and how well he's um uh, played in the starting lineup, but you're also getting JJ Redick who can wreck teams on his own who he he counts for like two shooters worth of gravity. It's basically, like like you said, Kyle Korver. His gravity plus Giannis's gravity, it just it, it doesn't work for opposing defenses. And if you have two of them, like uh, uh, Redick and Korver, uh, you don't have to worry about burning them out because you can always really realistically have one. Hmm. You kind of sold me. I still, I'm very unsure about that trade. I think that trade is going to get some ire, but it is... I do think back now to how Redick, how crucial Redick was in some of those Sixers series. Redick was I the only shooter for the Sixers, yeah. and yet it worked. Like, they still had spacing because of J.J. Redick. That's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll do my first one. And feel free to come at mine after I came at yours. Um, I'm going to start with... This is what I've been looking at for a little while. I think while the other team wants to keep this guy, I think it makes sense for them to move him for the right deal. Uh, Ersan, Sterling Brown, and two second-round picks to Washington for Davis Bertans. So the main criticism I've heard when I've brought up Bertans as a Bucks target from Bucks people is what if it's just Miritich round two? And I think the biggest reason it's not is like Miritich was shooting, I think, 36% from deep, which was pretty real, like uh, consistent for him over his career. Bertans right now is at like 43, and he was in the well into the 40s last year as well on more attempts. Like he is just an absolute lockdown sniper, but with his size, I'm just I've always been intrigued by like Giannis, another big in Brook Lopez lineups, and I think Bertans could do much better offensively than Miritich could, even if he's not obviously not going to be able to play five defense like you would want, like the Lopez brothers can. I think you'd have to be in like a small lineup and just switching or something to have David uh, Bertans. I keep wanting to just say Davis Bertans at the at the five with Giannis, but I just think offensively he could provide some of that same like shock and awe, mortar firing from the three point range as Reddick could, but just at a bigger size. And I think like Washington wants to keep him. I know that, and I don't know if Sterling Brown Ersan's basically expiring in two seconds is enough for them to give up Bertans, but. You might have to give Dante price. instead of Sterling, and I will say that this was my second realistic trade, so we can just okay. talk about this more in depth. I do, yeah, yeah I completely agree. Bertans would be a massive upgrade. He has, like, Miritich was a traffic cone on defense. That's not going to be Bertans. Like, Bertans is actually capable of moving his feet, and he's bigger and has longer arms. So, you know, that just, there's just physical uh, qualities that just make him a better defender. 
And you can't really get much worse than what Miritich was against the Raptors. <laughs> so you you take this chance, and guess what? If it doesn't really work, you don't have to play him because you still have Giannis at the four. He was not going anywhere. And you still have DJ, and you still have Robin Lopez as another backup big. One of the main things about why you had to play Miritich is because, well, Bud doesn't really like to play DJ that much. Okay, fine, we accept that. But they didn't have another backup big. It was Ursan and it was Miritich behind Robin Lopez. Uh, Brooke Lopez, sorry. But now you have Robin Lopez. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Bertans could work really well. And I think if you look at some of the teams the Bucks will match up against, a lot of them actually do start two bigs. I mean, Philly, clearly, like Bertans will be fine against Al Horford. Uh, more than fine, I would say. And then, like, the Lakers are going to use a lot of Anthony Davis and another center. So I think there's places to put these big guys that, that'll work just fine. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of getting of getting Bertans. And since you that was yours as well, I'll just go with another one of mine. Uh, it's the same base beginning, Ersan and Sterling Brown. And then we throw in the Pacers picks, a first and a second, for Bogdan Bogdanovich. I know Ooh, there is a big Bogdan Bogdanovich hive I, I feel I don't know if that's enough or not for Bogdan. I feel like maybe I like this trade because like some of these Ursan deals I like just because it feels like you're you're forcing Bud to play DJ a little bit. Hopefully we'll see. Maybe it'll just be like Tenasis minutes instead. I'm not really oh, sure, God. but um, but I just think like this is really upgrading your depth in a very smart way and, and using the Brogdon Hall for something like tangible right away, uh, a guy you could control if you want to, and Bogdan who's entering restricted free agency and who's having a really good year. I worry a little bit about contract year syndrome with him, but I think this is a pretty worthwhile gamble. You're not giving up on a lot. Sterling Brown seems to be in the doghouse right now. A lot of a lot of like just Twitter people assume he's going to be gone soon. I don't know if they'll trade him just to trade him. I guess we'll see, but uh, I just think like for the cost of Ersan and the Pacers picks, Swapping out Sterling Brown for Bogdan Bogdanovich is a huge upgrade. It's a massive upgrade. He's been playing so well, and he would fit so well with this team. Like, if you just, you, I'm assuming you would start him. Probably, yeah. I'm not sure if I would, honestly. I just, the, the reason I'm less excited about Bogdan trades is Wes's defense has impressed me That's so much. That's what I've but... had a lot of trouble with when coming up yeah. with these trades. Because when you're taking someone out, like, the weakest link in the starting lineup is the uh, Wes's spot. But if you take him out, and try to like upgrade him, a lot of the upgrades are not as good defensively as Wes Matthews. And that's been a lot of the value that he's brought to this team. Yeah. No, I mean, having him to use on primary forward and, and some like guard options, like wing options, I guess you could say, has taken so much of a load off Chris Middleton and been so huge. That's why like I'm like the more I look at it, I think the Bucks can upgrade their point guard spot. Um just looking at playoff production mo- mostly. I don't think you'll find a better regular season point guard who's available. Or, or just someone you could even play at point guard, given the the ball handlers and and how good of ball handler the incoming guys. So maybe, maybe there's times when you want to run Bogdan with the starters instead of Bledsoe. I guess that that could be an option, especially in in a playoff series. But it's hard for me to look at many guys and go, I want to start them over Wes and play them in Wes's minutes, just based on how crucial he's been defensively. It's a good problem to have. There's not a lot of replacements or upgrades you can make, but it does kind of hamstring you when you come to trying to make these trades. Yeah, it's it it yeah, like I said, it just causes a lot of issues when you're trying to trade Wes out of there. It and this is again, this is proof for those people who say like, well, the Bucks don't really need to make a trade. Well, this is evidence of that. Yeah, it is. 
So what's your uh, what's your last realistic trade? Um, well, you hinted at this earlier, but Robert Covington for mm. Urson, Dante, and the Pacers picks. The first and the second. See, I feel like that's a lot to give up for Rocco. I don't know. I feel like that's what you're going to have to give to get him. See, my, my issue with You could him, swap out Dante for Sterling. Then I'm more interested. Then I'm then I'm intrigued by it. I just, I, for me right now, there's a bit of a gulf between Dante and Sterling in value. And it's so, I mean, we're all kind of guessing at what trade value is. It's kind of always fluid. But I just, the thing about Covington, obviously, like, he is one of the few guys where you do feel like, okay, his defense can just come in and, and replace Wes's defense. He's a terrific defender, you know, an all-defense guy, although I don't, think he's actually been on the team in a while 17 18 he was all defense not since then but his three-point shooting is then a little bit more of a concern for me i think he's am i wrong in saying that he's shooting better than Ersan this year maybe he's at 33.7 right now and he came off two better years where he was around 36 37 percent but the couple years before that he was back at 33 Ersan actually right now is at 38.1 on the season yeah is that true Basketball reference tells me it is. Oh, it is, isn't it? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Ursan's been at least maybe. Oh, I was looking at wrong numbers. Yeah. <laughs> the Ursanity games probably helped yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, it's. Well, it it may not seem like it's going to be, like, like there is a gulf obviously between their three point shooting. Like, is it really going to necessarily matter that difference? Probably not. So are you looking at him as like a. Like, how would you use him? Would you start him over Wes? I would probably start, yes. I would have to start him I over Wes. I think you would, yeah. But when it gets down to, like, if you want to play with lineups, you can, like, play him at the four with Giannis at the five. Ooh, okay. So that's intriguing. I like, like he, that. Like, he's, he's what, 6'7", 211? But he's, yeah. he plays bigger. So, I mean, you're you're giving up size there, but when you're going small with Giannis at the five, you can make up for it because he's such a good defender. And then you can still get the spacing sort of that Ursan provides, but you get more defense, which is very, which is important when you're going smaller. I do like that. Okay. I like, I like that reason. That does give you a little bit more flexibility, which we've talked a lot about how important flexibility is. So I, I could see that. And, I still don't know it, about Dante, it, but. And it plays with the, if you're starting him at the two, like he's a big two if you're starting yeah. him there. So it gives you more size, which sort of, well, like you said earlier, like the Bucks play better when they play bigger. Yeah, no, I, I see it. I see the vision there. My last one is a curveball. Uh, this is not a guy who's really been talked about much, but I, I've Ooh. seen Chatter. He's playing a lot less over the last few games. He seems to be in a doghouse, and this is a team that is really struggling. And I don't think it's going to work this way. There might need to be picks, but for salary-wise, DJ Wilson for Dario Saric. Maybe Ooh. some sort of picks. Dario, I think, Ooh. is at like 14 points per game in his last four or five games. I, I kind of relatable. DJ Wilson not even playing that much. I think Dario's still starting despite the the low minutes, but DJ barely playing at all. But maybe the Bucks throw in one or two of the Pacers picks, maybe a couple second round picks. Dario Saric though not really meshing well in Phoenix right now. I, I know he's older despite not being in the league that long than DJ. So this could be an interesting kind of like change of scenery trade for both teams. And it would give the Bucks somebody who I think fits a little bit better than DJ does. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Uh. So I talk about going bigger with a, with a guy who can shoot. I mean, he was really good uh, in those Philly lineups with Embiid and Simmons, which I think says a lot about how he can fit into different lineups. Cause that's not an easy group to fit into. Uh, he just really like that unit was just a lot better with him on the floor. And I think he's the kind of player where 
when he's on a fun team that moves the ball, he's really at his best. So I think the Bucks would put him in a really good position. Also, Philly fans would be absolutely desolate to see him join the Bucks. Oh, he would, just to, just the tears would be worth it on its own. Um, Honestly, let's, let's see. Once he, he's shooting thirty three percent from three, like uh, how? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm not super familiar because I haven't watched a lot of Suns game. How's his defense been holding up this season? If you know, see, I'm not sure about that as well. Like my main thing for being all for it is just purely the success he had in that 17-18 season when he was like the guy on those, like not the guy, but he was like a crucial part of that really surprisingly good Sixers team. Yeah, no, I mean it's very fair, but I think what we learned is that this team needs, like, it if it needs to make a trade, it needs to be able to keep its defense. Because we've yeah. seen that if they make a trade to lessen their defense, it does not work out. Especially if, it, if this is like this is for the playoffs. So if you have like a defensive liability in the playoffs, that's not going to work. No, absolutely. And see, I, I'm not as educated there on Saric. I feel like he holds his own. I feel like he's fine. not like a bad defender. Yeah, he's not. A I, negative. I think he would do all right. I, I've never. I can't remember a time of him getting like repeatedly exposed or anything. But I, I totally could be missing missing something. I feel happened. he's but like he's one of those what, guys who can like hold his own. For sure. And one of the ways he would help defensively is he's a very good rebounder. Mm -hmm. Even in low minutes throughout his career, he's always gotten, like this year he's almost seven rebounds a game at less than 27 minutes per. So that just helps right there. I mean, the Bucs have had some games recently where they have struggled uh, containing teams on the board. So I think if you had him, Giannis, and and Lopez starting, which I imagine you would, I don't know exactly how it would look, but even just having him as a reserve, I just think it gives you another really good rebounder. I think that could not hurt. But I just think it'd be... It'd give you kind of a challenge because you're trading someone who's not in the rotation for certainly a rotational level player. But I just, it would be fun to add a, you, a, a you guy can, of that talent. It's, it's tough to make a bad deal with the Phoenix Suns. Also true. Yeah. Also <laughs> very true. You can, uh, you can. They might, well, give, Boston they might give you off, a but... pick too. Oh, Boston did pull it off, didn't they? <laughs> they uh, sure Danny did. Ainge. You uh, know, he never does anything wrong. Of course not, and he's so close to pulling a lot of trades. But speaking of so close, here's a bunch of trades that will probably never come close to getting pulled off. Now we're getting Um, into the real fun. We are, but we are. We're running a little longish, so let's try to go with a little bit of of speed here through our fantasies. But what's your first ridiculous trade? Uh, Well, this guy's been mentioned for either of the L.A. teams, but why can't Milwaukee get in the mix for Andre Iguodala? Ooh. Yeah. If you give, I mean, you're going to have to give up a lot. He makes like $17 million a year. So you're going to yeah. have to give up Urson, Robin, Sterling, Dragon, and probably uh, Indiana's first. Because what's the thing that Memphis can't get from either LA team? They can't get a young piece, young pieces, and they can't get picks. If the Bucks offer both, they're already outbidding, outbidding the LA teams. So and can you, can you imagine the defense? Oh, my goodness. <sighs> It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Will you get a fully rested Iggy who's had, who hasn't had to play since the playoffs last See, season? I'm a, I'm a little worried about his rust, but the, that's the rest what, That's what the second half nice of the regular PR season spin. is for. Because you need him for the playoffs. And he's shown in the oh, past yeah. that he can have a terrible regular season and, and then turn it on for the playoffs uh, with those Golden State teams. And you get someone else to throw at Kawhi LeBron in the finals. Well, I'm intrigued. Like it's it's probably not going to happen. He's probably going to go to the Clippers and the Lakers, but whew, that would that would be so much fun. I don't that even know how be. he would fit. 
I don't either. <laughs> That'd be a tough one. The Bucks would certainly be big, strong, and long. Then if they if they any like lineups with him, a center, Giannis, and Chris Middleton, like that's just you can't score in that team. No, they are. There's arms everywhere there. <laughs> that's that that's a lot of fun. So I, I do like that one. I don't I don't know if Iggy would want to play with Milwaukee. Uh, you would think he would for a contender, but who knows. Um, that's fun. So my first one is one I've talked about a lot. No, I don't think it's happening. But uh, Eric Bledsoe, Ursan Ilyasova, Dante DiVincenzo, and the two Pacers picks for Drew Holiday. Just, I know people hate how much it hurts the depth. I know people hate losing Dante for sure, and Bledsoe, and, and even Ursan. But I just think Drew Holiday, having him, a, a lineup of him, Wes Matthews, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez is just like, that's a championship-winning lineup with no doubt in my mind. So that's why I'd, I'd roll the dice on that one. But, I, again, I don't think any of these are happening, but that would certainly be a fun one. What's your uh, What's your next one? Ooh, I would have to eat a lot of crow for this one because I would have to delete a lot of tweets that are slanderous. <laughs> uh, but uh, getting reigning NBA champion Kyle Lowry oh. that is, as an upgrade at the point guard spot for probably like Bledsoe, Dante, Sterling, just like the farm plus like two firsts or something. It would, it would, well, that's a lot of firsts, but like you could do like the, the Indiana first and then like a 2024 first or something. Yeah. I think it's gotta be 26 because of, Oh yeah, you're right. It's gotta be 26, but, but yeah, see, I would love it. I actually am, am higher on Kyle Lowry than a lot of people, but so the one thing I've heard aside from the bucks kind of giving up a lot to get uh, an older kind of injured point guard, which again, I I think his his upside would probably be worth it. I mean, we've seen he can be the point guard on a championship winning team. The, I brought this up to a Raptors person who quickly posited, I don't think Masai is going to try to help the Bucks win a title this year, for pretty obvious uh, twenty twenty one free agency reasons. Yeah, I like that we're just poking holes in our own trades. <laughs> hey, we're being real. Uh, we shouldn't be realistic. This is the unrealistic. I think Whatever. it's good to be yeah. realistic. You gotta, and you gotta give some sort of context. You gotta come, bring it down to earth a little bit. But yeah, but yeah, I that's a, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, Masai would not want to help the Bucks, or maybe he thinks this trade does help the Bucks. I don't know. It doesn't help the Bucks. It does. <sighs> that's tough. I don't know. I'd be. I'll also be worried about trading with Masai in general. Yeah, <laughs> that scares me. Past trades with other teams and past Bucks Raptors trades. Oh God. Well, at least. <laughs> The grievous Vasquez trade. If <sighs> if you if you remember that you were a real OG, but truly, yeah, like that is <sighs> oh. the worst trade ever. Like he played like Saying what ten games, if that. Wait, who who did the Raptors draft with the pick? OG. Oh, the way no, 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 Norm Powell. OG. Norm Powell. Norm. Was it? It was Norm Powell. Yeah. I thought right. Yeah, it was Norm Powell. Or was it both? Oh, it was both. It was a first and a second. Yep, right? I think the both. second was Powell and the first was OG. Yep. That's painful. Mm-hmm. The way you said if you're a real OG, I thought that was like a, a double meaning. I was it, like, oh, man. It that's... definitely was. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good wordplay. Um, but, yeah, uh, it was, yeah, whatever. But it's it's John Horst is a much better um, yes. GM than Jason Kidd. So, yes, yeah, well, why are we bringing this up? This is just bring, making me sad. What's your next ridiculous trade? Um. So I'll do one I've talked about, uh, I think, on Twitter and the Discord, or maybe maybe mostly in the Discord. Um, the Blazers are kind of in a bad spot, and I heard CJ. I heard the Bucks are interested in CJ. Yeah, Woj that said that. That was a that. real rumor. Yeah. 
So just based on that, I mean, I don't think this, I don't know if this really works for either team. I am intrigued by getting CJ, but uh, Eric Bledsoe, Ersan, DJ, and the Pacers picks again, maybe like even an extra second or something for CJ McCollum, which I think you just play CJ as a point guard on this team, which you I think is fine. Like, I think he can do that. Obviously lose a lot defensively going from Bledsoe to CJ, but the stuff he opens up on the offensive end for me makes this worthwhile regardless and and he's been more of a proven playoff contributor mm-hmm. but and he's I a don't... much better shooter <laughs> oh yeah he's a ridiculous pull-up shooter which kind of hurts his efficiency because he really takes some hard shots but i think those are the shots the bucks could really use uh you know when things get tight but again i don't hmm. think cj on I don't this th- team would be amazing i've been thinking about this one for years because the blazers have been linked to blow it up for years yeah and, and they never do yeah who knows it might be the season it might we might, I'm gonna go it. with my next one because I feel like it's I, I, I'm not I don't even have that much fun with it. It's just ridiculous. Uh, this is someone who's certainly on the block though, or at least it's probably gonna be moved this year. Bledsoe, Ursan, DJ again in two seconds this time, no first for Kevin Love. Which oh. just you get really big. You don't really play a point guard. You probably just play like West, Chris, Giannis, Kevin Love, and and Brooke. And I mean you, you're stretchy. You're big. You rebound better. You lose some ball handling. I think your offense might get a little more gummed up with Kevin Love and Brooke Lopez. I don't know. It's, I mean, they it's both fine. they both stretch out. They stretch out, but like they're not ball handlers. That's so true. I think I think defenses would collapse a little easy against you. Like I don't know. It's it's something. It, it is. It's definitely it's definitely ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kevin Love is he's the biggest name that's on the market. Like he's probably the biggest name that's going to get moved. Um, but. I don't think it's here. I think it makes more sense probably out west somewhere. Yeah, probably. He's always been linked to the Blazers. Yep. Um, just like the Blazers have perpetually been in trade rumors uh, for either acquiring every single big name or just blowing it up. But, yeah, it's. I don't know if the fit's here. The fit would be very interesting. Like, it'd be good to see. Like, you, it, it, again, it would play to the Bucks playing really big, and that would be fun. Like, Kevin Love's a fun player. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really, yeah, I don't really see that necessarily working out. And my last ridiculous trade is sort of similar to my Kyle Lowry trade. It is the big fish. It is Chris Paul for, oh boy, yeah, you're, you have to trade everyone, everyone. Like you're just, what you have to set down Bledsoe, Ursan, Robin Lopez, Dante and Sterling. Hmm just to match like just to get into the within 75 percent of chris paul's like enormous amount of money that he makes which is 38 and a half million dollars oh my goodness yeah and it goes up it does go up uh god see my thing with chris paul if it could just be bledsoe and ursan if that worked money-wise i feel like you could probably talk me into it like i do think he would raise the ceiling a little bit if that was the trade. Like, I think the lineup of him, Matthews, Middleton, Adetokounmpo, Lopez would be very, very good. He's still a good defender. He can still He's get been buckets, playing very well cool. this season. Like, Oklahoma is. City is above 500 and in, like, what, the sixth seed right now? Or the seventh yeah. seed? Yeah, seventh seed, yeah. I think. They're probably going to make the playoffs with how weak the bottom of the West is. Yeah, and Chris Paul is, like, the main reason why. Yeah, he's been terrific. Him and, and uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, but... I just think I, – I don't think you got your team that much to add Chris Paul on that contract at that age. Like, I just – I think there's just too much involved 
for it to work. I do think he's probably the most available player that good, but I just I don't know about it. It's it's the contract. That's the only reason. Yeah, if he was making twenty million this year, I'd say you know what let's let's let's. If it was let's twenty million up, uh, going up, like in the same way that it does, like in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, he has a player option uh, for forty four million dollars. Mm. <laughs> I think he's gonna take he it. Might, That's my. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a scoop right now. There's a scoop right now. You wait, can call me Woj. Are we getting uh, Chris news? Paul's accepting that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sources tell me that Chris Paul is going to opt into that. Uh, yes, Chris Paul does want forty-five million dollars. <laughs> what is he going to be? Thirty-six-year-old Chris Paul? Uh, mm. Is he going to? Well, then again, I mean, can you trade him again? I don't know if you can at that point. Yeah, that's true. Then again, that Maybe. Mozgov contract got like shipped around like ten times. Yeah, it did. But I think that I think uh, like a especially on like an expiring or something. Yeah. An expiring know. contract of thirty-eight or forty million dollars would be so worth. Like it would be worth a lot. I, would it? Like you have to take on a lot of salary. That is very true. To use yeah. it, like I think at a Listen, point every contract, okay, like, even if it's I just don't one year. think that this is a good trade, but it could happen. Yeah, if the Bucks really, I, if they if they like, wanted to if, hit the if, desperation, if you button. just add Chris Paul for one year. Like upgrading over, let's say you replace Chris Paul with, uh, like if you replace uh, Eric Bledsoe with Chris Paul, like you're going to win the title. Like you might win the title. You there's very good chance you do win the title with Bledsoe. But if you get Chris Paul instead of Eric Bledsoe and keep everything the same, like there's no way you don't win. Yeah, but that's unfortunately not the way the trade would work. It is not. There's a lot of complexities, and yeah. this is why it is in the ridiculous section. Exactly. And I think, I believe that's our last ridiculous yeah. trade for this, this episode. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to necessarily hit? Um, two quick things that it's not really like discussion points. Ray John Tucker was the G League player of the month for December. Congratulations, yes, congratulations. to him for that honor. Obviously, Heard well legend. deserved. He's on the jazz now, but. Yeah, uh, good for him. And yeah, what was, uh, what was your second thing? Uh, Dragon Bender's contract guarantees on Tuesday if he's not waived by then. I feel like I saw you said this on Twitter. Like it, it's going to get guaranteed. I think so. Like there's I no reason not to. I mean, it would like the the like Hollinger wrote a piece about all the day, all the guys guarantee dates that were coming up, which is why it's kind of a thing right now. And it was like like it would make sense if they wanted to waive him and, and save some money and then look for buyout or guys or whatever. And I'm like, eh, if you get I'm, up, you no, would just cut him anyway. Yeah, you only save like a few hundred thousand, which is not that much at the NBA level. And I just. I think he, he is kind of in their long-term plans, like very long-term. And I just don't think any of the buyout guys are really going to excite anyone that much. Like I don't think he ever gets bought out. I think the Grizzlies would trade him or, or maybe otherwise just hold him. I don't – like TT, I don't think it makes sense to get bought out. Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. I think the Cavaliers would rather just keep him. So I, I, I wouldn't be that concerned about a roster spot. I'd more and like cross like that if, bridge if you come to if, it. If um, Frank Mason probably, like him yeah, rather if, than – if he ran, if out, he ran days. out of days, you can convert him to a two-way. You can – so well, the the opposite. Well, could you not convert uh, Bender into a two-way if Frank Mason stays or not? You would have to. Or does he have well, too much have, NBA experience? Well, uh, he can agree to it, I think, anyway. But you can't just convert it. I think you'd have to actually cut. Well, yeah, him like you'd have to again. cut him, and like you could still keep him around. I don't know if that, and that there's a the date for that is coming up soon as well. Is it? There's a Ooh. it's in January. You would know more. So than I don't. Me. I don't think that would work. Okay. 
Well, maybe not. I, I don't know if he would sign that anyway, but um, I don't know. I'd be surprised if, if Bender just got let go just to have the flexibility of the roster spot. I don't think it's that useful. Yeah. But like you could keep me. him. That's not reporting. Yeah. That's that's guessing. Yeah. Like he, he, he can be a valuable piece going forward. Like he's shown that yeah. he is very capable. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think they're going to see if they can make him into a you know a, a, a knockoff Brook Lopez. That's the hope, yep. at least. So we'll see if it works. Yep. He what is he currently? He's currently rocking a nineteen and a half per. Ooh, that's baller numbers. <laughs> uh, very small uh, sample size, uh, but quite small. But that is uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, uh, I don't think we have anything else to hit, but. Hopefully, all of you listening out here enjoyed this uh, fake trade season palooza and all the stuff we talked about beforehand. Uh, if you do like fake trades, we do talk about this a lot in our Discord. If you want to get involved in our Discord, just send a picture of you listening to the pod to me or Ty. We'll get you involved. And we just, I want to say, we want to say thank you for all the support recently. We've been getting a lot of support. And, you know, you guys are, you guys are listening, you're supporting. And, you know, if you want to keep doing it, thank you. And if you want to, you know, keep spreading the word, tell your friends, tell your family about the podcast, you know, every, every pod on the Blue Wire Network, do that. That's great. You're spending a lot of time with family over New Year's, like this holiday season. You know what? Tell them about, tell them about the podcast. See if they like it. Uh, but other than that, you know, just keep supporting. Um, we thank you for listening to this episode and we will talk to you next time. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.